Of the 92 Best Picture winners, one must be crowned the bestest of the best. You're listening to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlog Banter. Hey, welcome back to The Quest for the Bestest, brought to you from Backlog Banter. I'm Timo here, joined by my usual compatriots of Tucker, Tanner, and Abram. Today, we are talking about the 1953 Fred Zinneman movie, From Here to Eternity, starring Burt Lancaster, Montgomery Cliff, Deborah Kerr, Donna Reed, Frank Sinatra, and my father's favorite, I don't see him on the list. Uh, the dude who played <laughs> Fatso. We'll get into it. Um, he really likes that oh, actor. Uh, for Ernest Borgine. Borgine. Ernest Borgine. Yes, sir. Yeah, like that's that, right. Yeah. Um, that's what we're talking about this week. It's an interesting movie. We have been hinting to each other what we're going to talk about. We have some, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I think there's going to be some wah, things wah, said um, in this in this week's episode. But first, we must revisit what we decided last week. Last week, we talked about the film Argo, which ended up on our number four place on the list. It went above the Hurt Locker. It was below Gentleman's Agreement, um, not in complete agreement, but we decided that it would be right there at the end of our top four. So it was a Gentleman's list, Disagreement. It was well. a Gentleman's Disagreement, but we decided in mm-hmm. agreement to put it at number three. That's Gentleman's Agreement. Argo, a Gentleman's Agree to Disagreement. Okay, be quiet. Argo was at number four. <laughs> Um, which we talked about last week. So the top five of the list right now is Godfather, Part 1, Parasite, Gentleman's Agreement, Argo, and then The Hurt Locker. But today, we're talking about From Here to Eternity. I just want to dive right into it. What did you think about this movie, Tanner? Because you've been making faces. Shit, poop, bad movie, hated it, hated every minute of it, super boring. Listen, shit, fucking garbage. Fucking... Fucking one, I think I gave it one and a half stars. One and a half stars. Little to no redeeming No, you gave it two. No, I I bumped it down to one and a half. Just because, holy shit. Wow, what a fiery moment. What a fiery way to start. Is this just a fucking, like a nonsense, poorly put together, just boring ass movie? I want to follow that. Okay, I think think that's the first time we've ever had such a brilliant opening to to this show. No, you know, we didn't, we came in here talking about Godfather and, and I, I didn't go, best movie ever made, you know, but mm-hmm. I like it. I like what you've got to say, Tanner. Abram? I want to follow that up because here's the thing. I don't feel as strongly as Tanner does, but I've never <laughs> seen a movie that has just more plot points that should be interesting or emotionally charged in some respect just absolutely fall flat. I, I was, I was both impressed by the film and entirely disinterested for the entire for the full runtime i i i mostly agree tucker i want to hear your thoughts and then uh, let's just for our listeners we'll give a little synopsis of what happens in the movie so we can dive into the finer points okay tucker what do you think all i was gonna say is i was interested by tanner uh insulting me for my at the beginning four star um rating of it and bumping it down to three and a half star uh rating because i do think this is a good movie i i I certainly enjoyed it um not nothing any particularly special but i think this is gonna lend itself to a fun discussion well then um the the synopsis of the film goes I'm going to need some help describing the synopsis of this film because there's a lot of, as, okay. as you said, there's a lot of plot so. points. 
So there's a, the, there's um what the main. He actor. has an official one. He has an official one. Let him, okay, let him sorry. Go first. Excuse me. You go ahead. You go well, ahead. Sorry, team. Not really. Oh. I only I only have the log line, and that really does not help. No. Okay. So there's it's it's multiple stories. There's a guy. He mo He's a bugle player, and he moves Private to Private Pruitt. Pruitt. He moves, and he wants to. He wa he doesn't want to. Jesus Christ! Box. You're not doing this well. He doesn't want to. Well, I'm doing I'm doing a fun analysis of it. Okay. <laughs> This is not an official analysis. He doesn't want a box, and he gets bullied for it. He has a best friend played by Frank Sinatra, who gets in arguments with the, his army superiors. One of the army superiors, uh, he is one. He do, he, do, he wants to cuck his boss, so he wants to <laughs> fuck his boss's wife. And then they kiss on the beach, and then there's like a brothel question mark that sleeps with army guys, and there's some ladies there. And they don't want to be there. They want to go back home, but make a lot of money at the brothel. But the what? Deborah Kerr's character. Sure. Am I right? De I think um, so. Donna falls, Reed is, is the girl from the brothel. Falls in love with Sarge or with Private Pruitt. Yes. Private Robert E. Lee Pruitt. Yes, his Robert full e. name Lee is Pruitt. Robert E. Lee Pruitt. Which. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. His That's name, a. He's. He's named after an army hero, Robert E. Lee Pruitt. <laughs> oh, I really wanted to scream at that moment. <laughs> he, okay, you, you, you are smart, boys. Are you familiar with the, with the concepts of kinetic and potential energy? Yeah. And how your fucking sure. physics professor would be like, okay, here's a rock at the top of a hill. It's got a lot of potential energy, but until you For roll us it, it was down gazelles. Quiet. When you, you. When, when you when you push the rock down the hill, then it's, then it's kinetic energy. This movie is all potential energy, and it builds and it builds with a lot of really interesting setups, a lot of interesting character relationships, a lot of interesting themes. But they just that rock never moves from the oh. top of the hill. The and rock doesn't move when the when, when the immovable object in the penultimate moment. When the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor no, hang, on the I, day on, that we on. live in infamy. Hang on, I, w I want to, I want to save. Can we save that? Can we save our discussion okay. of the final ten minutes of this film, <laughs> please? Yes, we can. Okay, let's this is chaos. Already. Therefore, start at the beginning of the film okay. and discuss. I think Abram brought up a very good point with these, um, the the relationships and the conceit. I think you're right. This film has a good conceit in that we've got these dueling storylines and dueling romances between um, War Warden and the the wife and Pruitt and the uh, Laureen or whatever her name is. Laureen, I think. Elma. Yes. El Alma. Whose real name is Elma. But Alma Laureen Burke. Another... Got all their names written down. Don't worry. Okay. And, and then we have... So there's this romantic dynamic. There's infidelity. There's the... Um, Laureen is a is a working woman. She works at the brothel, and it's not really shown to be a, like a brothel and like alcohol. I think sort of not like, allowed. I think they're just paid to like be like come like spend time with with the men in the army. Which is weird. It's weird. The I've like, fuckers, never guys. really heard of something like that happening before. But then we have the other storyline, the B or maybe the A plot of the movie i don't this know this is which. all like d plot hard to tell it's this all is, d plot this it's all going movie. um not d at dump. The, <laughs> let me finish okay Jesus at the same Christ. time um there's the army stuff where pruitt uh doesn't want a box 
and he gets bullied for it, as Tanner said earlier. And I think mm-hmm. that those are all interesting, and they all have the potential to weave yes. around and make a cool story. You know what's really interesting? Uh, Pruitt blinded a guy, and he, uh, he's like, I can't use my hands. The, my hands are like certified weapons. I can't do it anymore. And that gets brought up. <laughs> That is not a quote from the movie. I would like to let everyone know. All of what I'm saying is completely accurate to the movie. Let that be known. No, uh, I want to. That'd wanna... be really interesting to explore. Except they bring it up like twice. I want to kind of fucking force my way in here for a second because okay. I think I think you guys are both hitting on things that are important, but I think we should rein it in just a little bit. Okay. And, okay. And my the the talk about the new Congress Club, the talk about the the boxing stuff, I think speaks to the film's largest issue from a modern perspective is that the that the the restraint in what you can and can't show in a film of that era really, I think, impacts the the film's okay. enjoyability yes. today because there are so many things that happen either implicitly or off screen or in a way that feels diluted. And so for me, that undercut a lot of the emotional weight or just the, the, the spectacle of these scenes. Because as you're talking about, we've got this subplot about boxing and its role in the army and this baggage that Pruitt carries. We're going to talk about the attack on Pearl Harbor in a little the bit. Bad, gonna... <laughs> bad superiors, the, the, the... the bad superiors, the infidelity, the, the, the sexual impropriety. Everything here is just... It can't be shown, and that's and that's a function in a context of its time to an extent. Yeah, the production but, but code just, doesn't allow any of that right. to be shown in a in a movie from '53. Mm. And I think um, that just hurt the film a lot. I would like to let it let it be known here that I believe that the Pearl Harbor ending of this film did break the production codes of the time, and was part of the reason it was so highly regarded. It's like mm. that was a a crazy thing; no one had ever seen anything like that. They hadn't, weren't able to show that kind of stuff, and they were just like, "Screw it, we're going to put this in anyway," which which. So, let, just, yeah. Let me stake my claim on this. The okay, 1950s <laughs> sucked ass, okay? Listen, there is not a good performance to be found in this movie, and I blame that on the 1950s, okay? Listen, all the male actors are just stilted and wooden, and they're, the interactions between each other are all, why I, it's a lot of why I auditing and fucking... This, they're just bullshitting each other. It's not interesting. All the female actors are railroaded into these like doughy-eyed fucking forced love interests. Even when the men are written to be fucking assholes to them, every single interaction that they have, it sucks. Okay, it just, it's stilted and earnest and wooden, and it sucks. Tanner well, really hates this movie. I am not entirely sure. I agree with your point on the acting. I feel like yeah, while, while yeah, I think some of the male guys, I feel like Donna Reed's performance is really good. I really liked her performance um, as the wife of the uh, army guy. No, I don't... That, no that's Deborah Kerr. Deborah Wait, who's Kerr who? is Karen. Yeah, Donna Karen. Reed is Lorraine. Okay, well, I had it mixed up. Sorry. So Deborah Kerr, Karen, is I think is very good and... It show, plays a complicated character and shows that. Um, and I think a lot of my issue and maybe the stuff you're hinting at with um, the uh, the romance is just in the writing. It's just not good romance. No. Well, I I need to put I need to put my fucking opinion in here. Right? I'll, I'll let you guys banter about your fucking backlogs enough, but 
But I do think that this movie has a lot stronger aspects than than you guys are, are giving it credit for. I, I think that all the things Abram was talking about with the setups for those mature topics, I think is is handled very well. And I actually like the fact that it's restrained. I like the fact that this is a war movie with only essentially fighting and war moments at the end. It's a romance movie that holds itself back from the romance, but is able to build these slowly. And it's very unique in that regard, is that I said this earlier off, off camera, is this movie is the opposite of anticlimactic. It's overclimactic. It builds and builds and builds, and then boom, Pearl Harbor happens and everything gets screwed up. And I actually find that to be to the movie's benefit, because that's what fucking happened with people in Pearl Harbor. Their lives were, bam, completely upended by something that, that changed everything. They didn't have time to finish their fucking character arcs before the Japanese randomly attacked one morning. I think that that is, is part of the theme that this movie is going for, and I think it works really well. Okay. Uh, disagree. Also, I think that the performances are great. Burt Lancaster as Warden, he was fucking good. I think Montgomery Cliff was also very good. I, I liked his more subdued, but sort of like holding back his, his emotions. And also, Frank Sinatra was fucking fantastic. Uh, okay, I will say that, yes, Frank Sinatra was fun. He was, he was, the, the wacky sidekick, wisecracking sidekick is always the best part of these kind of movies. But also, when it got into the serious stuff, Frank Sinatra is not a good actor, okay? When he got, when he's... When he's doing the fucking feigning, ah, oh, I, I, I fell out of the back of a truck. <laughs> you gotta help me. And then, it just, it wasn't good. It was not compelling in the slightest. He, he's, he drops dead, and then everyone, some guy walks up and he says, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant stuff, Fred. Thank you. Thank you. I don't Thank know. You. I think oh. that there's I think there's more to celebrate about this film that, that than we're letting on now to put all of my cards on the table. I paused the film in the middle to watch the, the, the Jake Paul Nate Robinson match. I was getting a lot of snacks. I was texting <laughs> my girlfriend a little bit. I think that the film has a real problem executing on, on what it sets up. But I think what it sets up is legitimately very interesting. And I still have now. Keep in mind, you guys have seen way more films than I have. But I think this sort of quietness of war that we see on the base where we see them leaving for the weekend where we see them boxing seeing world war ii in a different light i found particularly compelling i think that the production design is really cool the sets every i mean we'll talk about pearl harbor but that was a nuts sequence i, I think that the film does a lot i just think that it's it's kneecapped by what i expect uh out of a film and how i want emotional beats to be delivered so i feel like there, there's this this tension within me between what the film accomplishes and how I interpret it, and I interpret it not very well. I um, I mostly agree with you. I do think that it seriously hinders a movie if you set things up and then you don't pay them off. You have to be able to, if you're going to make a promise to the audience that you're going to do this thing in a movie, if you're going to talk about this issue, you've got to be able to pull it off. And if you don't do it at all, or if you don't do it well, it really hurts it. And while I think, yeah, I, I'm maybe not so much on the on like the war movie aspect of it i really don't feel it as a war movie because there's barely any war until the last minute and you can have that in the background but it's so it's the there's two hints there are two hints that pearl harbor is going to happen you see the calendar once and you see a street sign once and it's in the second half of the movie you don't have any indication that it's going to happen beforehand and so i feel like as a 
as a war movie, it's like a drama that happens on a military base and not a film about war. Because while, yeah, I think you're right that Pearl Harbor completely upends these people and makes it for an interesting ending, sort of, with these character arcs, you can still write a story where it at least feels satisfying in the end with that complete upending of the the known order. Okay. Uh, I feel like we should. I feel like since we since we're sort of dancing around it, we should talk about the Pearl Harbor sequence. Uh, I have two things, two quick things. First of all, yes, like I understand that like people's lives were upended. It, 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 uh, Pearl Harbor was an attack, was a surprise attack. But this takes place on an army base in 1941, and that one goddamn person brings up the fact that World War II is happening. Not, well, <laughs> and second. Uh, Timo, to your point of oh, it's it's hinted at in the in these subtle ways. That's not the case because just before just before the sequence happens, there's when there when you hear the explosions, they're like oh, they're blowing up dynamite, blah 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 blah, and then he says they're blowing up dynamite on a Sunday before 8 a.m. Hmm, that's strange on on December 7th on a Sunday before 8 a.m. What what what's gonna ha- what are they blowing up dynamite for? What's happening? And then Pearl Harbor happens. It's the most ham-fisted like setup to the weirdest conclusion to a movie that I've ever seen. This is on. I'm gonna say it's on par with the with the uh, 9/11 ending in Remember Me. Okay, I got I got I got to I got to hop in there for a minute because Pearl Harbor was okay. a complete surprise to these guys and it's not yes. like they're like, "Hey, th- it's not like the day before like, you know what? Maybe some dynamite's going to get blown up tomorrow morning." Or it's not like that happens and then the film moves away and then Pearl Harbor happens later. They're like, "Hey, what the fuck is happening on this Sunday morning?" And then before there's even a conversation, boom, they're under attack. I I found that the the juxtaposition of the ending was the engaging. Fact- the fact that somebody wrote the line, what are they doing blowing up dynamite on Sunday at 8 a.m.? Before, like, just before you learn that Pearl Harbor's happening outside is bonkers to me. Okay, but I this would is say the, that that this one line guys doesn't... They were on I would the say that that one right line doesn't take away its, its power, though. I, feel I would say that they're, they're just dudes having you conversation. Think this, you, you, think the end, you think the ending was powerful? I, I do yes of course. I Tucker, think that's explain why you think the ending is powerful. I, that's that's what I was saying with with the fact that this it was, it was so interestingly structured. I think that a lot of the flaws that this movie has comes from its pacing. I think the fact that it tries to do two stories at once, they're kind of weirdly intercut. One will disappear for a while, pop right back in, hard cut to to the other story. I think those those problems with the editing, which strangely enough, this movie won best editing, which I I don't necessarily agree with, but um, but I I do think that the fact that Pearl Harbor essentially comes out of nowhere. This one, this one line does not take away from the fact that that Pearl Harbor sequence is incredibly shot. It's way bigger scale than a lot of other war films of the time. They didn't intercut with old war footage that was like staticky and stuff. They did it a couple times in other situations, but it was those big shots over with all the guys getting on the ground. You saw the impact of the entire thing going on. Planes blowing up. That they they fucking filmed that. Like I, I think that. That scene is the reason why this movie gets the critical acclaim that it does, because it is essentially a drama in in pretty basic regards up to that point. And then, bam, Pearl Harbor happens, and I find that very, very interesting and compelling. I find that that pacing ex- extremely wacky. That the fact that 
the, the entire conceit of this movie is that Pearl Harbor happens at the end. That's the conclusion of the movie is that we that we're using Pearl Harbor as like a plot device and like if you want to make a movie, if you want to make a movie about like Pearl, make a movie about Pearl Harbor, but don't use it as like a. It, it it feels lazy to me. It feels like the conclusion of the movie is Pearl Harbor, so we don't have to wrap up these plot lines that we were setting up that really didn't move anywhere in the first place. It's just incredibly, incredibly wacky to me that, that I, someone thought this was a solid idea. I disagree with that because I think that above anything else, this is a look into a couple guys who are on the base. It's about their, their, their personalities, it's about their arcs, about how they develop. And nothing is going to show you what a couple guys in the military really believe, who they truly are other than Pearl Harbor happening. You learn exactly who Pruitt is, you learn exactly who Warden is when that happens. And, and the fact that that Pruitt goes out and gets fucking killed that way, I, I think that the way the, the it wraps up is jarring, and I think that jarring event is exactly what we needed for these characters to have to abruptly end. This is... In a pre in a high pressure situation like fucking Pearl Harbor, you're going to you're going to get who, who these characters truly are. Okay, uh, it, uh, sure. Oh, For, first of all, I feel like that sequence should have lasted longer if they wanted the character changes to have any impact. I feel like that they should have made it longer than ten minutes or whatever the fuck it was. But it, it was a very it, listen. Pearl Harbor was fucking awful. Lots of people died, but also this it, it, the. It, the, the film handles it sort of strangely because there's still some, like, wise-cracky 1950s moments in there. There's a guy, he's like, what are you doing without any pants? What are you doing walking around in your underpants? It's Pearl Harbor, don't you know? And then the, there's, the, there's the ammo guy where he's like, they'll give you a medal or whatever. Get out of the way, Jack. What was that? I don't understand. Like, if you want to treat this with reverence... Don't have those like sort of comedic moments in there. It's very strange. I don't necessarily think that those comedic moments. I think that's just a sign of the times, and that was how dramas and comedies were intertwined as as genres at that point in time. I Maybe you shouldn't have comedy in your in your Pearl Harbor sequence. Okay, just a but wacky also thought. that I had to take my glasses off. By the way, I don't like this movie. To, to, <laughs> to put it out there, oh, but, I don't know if it's come across. I don't either. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> but here's the thing: the, why the Pearl Harbor sequence is so interesting? Why those lines didn't read out of place is because these are guys who are absolutely complacent on this base in Hawaii. Where sure they drill, and sure you see Pruitt have to do a bunch of chores, but they're just relaxing on a base. That was not the the World War II experience. They're hanging out. They're getting drunk. They're fucking girls all weekend. They come back and something happens. And it's how they respond to it that's interesting. And yeah, one of them one of them has been there doing nothing, so he doesn't have pants on. And the guy's like, hey, you gotta go put your pants on. You're gonna catch cold. It's humorous, but, but it speaks to the juxtaposition that's effective about who these guys were and then what just happened to them and what they're gonna become. If we had gotten a little bit longer, I guess, I guess we could have had a little bit more development, but I think that that juxtaposition speaks for itself. I, there's, not, you, you, there's no way you can compare between um, doing landscaping as a chore for punishment and fighting on the beaches of Iwo Jima. Like, yeah. those are so mild, worlds apart in terms of, like, you know, the the human experience that it, it's hard to compare. And so I think, yeah, the juxtaposition works. I don't like the buildup to the Pearl Harbor. It's It, it, it doesn't oh, feel like up? it fits. What buildup to Pearl Harbor? <laughs> That's kind of my argument. I think that... It doesn't need to be buildup to fucking Pearl Harbor. I know, I know, I know. I know that they're... Well, 
I feel like there should. Let's it, like still talks. Hold okay, on. sorry. Yeah, I think sorry. I think that in in because it's a movie, there needs to be build up to Pearl Harbor because you know what's going to happen. It's more satisfying if you get hints. You know, it, it tries to drop some little breadcrumbs. You know, there was, as I mentioned, the calendar on the wall gave you that, let you know that it was the day before. And there was a shot with um, where the, the two lovers were on the beach and it pans up and it says like Pearl Harbor Road. Um, and that buildup, it still didn't feel like it was truly it, like I was like, OK, well, I guess Pearl Harbor's coming now. But it, it just it, it, it didn't feel right with the the pacing of the movie even though the pacing of the movie i felt was not good it still yeah. didn't like build into it as a film it's it's more than just a story that happened in real life it is a movie and you have these conventions and you you build and release tension for a reason and when you just drop something like that out of out of seemingly nowhere as it was in real life it still i think could have been done a little bit better I think that this. I think that the director Fred Fred Cinnamon or whatever his name's it his name is. Uh, Cinnamon. <laughs> I know. I, I'm making a joke at his expense because he made a movie that I didn't like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good good delivery he, of that. Yeah. He real as we like to say on the show. He really holds your balls, but I feel like it's very inappropriate to hold your balls when the when the when the conclusion to that ball holding is. Pearl fucking harbor. Okay. He's he like, hey, it's 1940. Yeah. It's 1941. What? We're in Hawaii in 1941. What? We're, we're, we're near Pearl Harbor. I wonder if, I wonder if Pearl Harbor is going to happen. And then it does. And it's handled very poorly. I, I snapped you guys. And I said, what the fuck? The last portion of this movie felt like a different film entirely. And, and so I yes. think that's important to contextualize because I agree with a lot of what Timo is saying about more traditional narrative structure stuff before that. But, but I think the success of the Pearl Harbor depiction is that it completely inverts what was happening before. And, and I think there's something to be said for that because my thoughts on the film as the Pearl Harbor sequence and what that means made me like the film more, even though let's keep in mind, even though I took my glasses off to defend this movie, I don't like this movie at all I, I think i think that the pearl harbor sequence is what is what elevates it and like tucker said i agree that this is probably why it got so acclaimed i don't have a time machine and i frankly don't even care what people in 1953 thought of this movie but but i i do think that that you have to contextualize the pearl harbor sequence differently than the rest of the film and i think the fact that it's arcing one way and then intersects with pearl harbor makes it an interesting narrative Listen, i think we've discussed okay plenty about pearl harbor i do want to move a little bit there are other parts of this movie this movie has oh. romance i want to talk yes. about the romance i actually kind of like romance stories and i did not feel it i there's there's no passion where how do these people like each other that's my question i never see it and i never feel it it feels very forced and even though it's 1950s and i can accept like the, the weird relationship between men and women that is around at that time the power dynamics this feels there are scenes that feel especially bad, especially between Warren and Deborah Kerr's character at the beginning and Karen. Um, sort of near the beginning of the movie, there's a, there's a couple scenes that just feel really icky. They just they they don't work. And then and then she falls in love with him, and it's like what? Like yeah. how? I, that there's no passion. Where's the flame of romance in this film? <laughs> I can't find it. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, what I, I'm going to connect my Pearl Harbor complaints to the romance, 
Okay, if, if listen, if Mr. Fred Cinnamon wanted to make a cool Pearl Harbor sequence, make a 10 minute short film where you recreate Pearl Harbor. Don't like weirdly insert it into your romance movie that's antithetical to the pacing of the rest of the movie. I, I totally agree. Don't like the romance, super boring. Character interactions are very like strange and opposing each other, but they fall in love anyways because the writing says that they have to. Yes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I think, uh, I think we've talked a lot. I have some guesses on where people are going to place it. Um, <laughs> I'm interested to see how this all settles out. So we're going to figure out um, where it lands. Tucker, do you have any last things you... Um, Here's here's the thing. All right, we need to fucking we need to fucking put a goddamn corkscrew in this and rotate it ninety degrees. All right, Tanner's been on his fucking hate spree on this movie, bouncing off each and every one of us, fucking every other one. But I think that this movie has a lot more merit than than what the fuck than than Tanner's giving this credit for. All right, I really thought that this movie's biggest problem is that it has too many ideas and it doesn't know how to balance them. I think there's so many concepts in this that are. A, very interesting conceptually, and B, I think are, are in some ways played out very well. I think the fact that he, it focuses on boxing in the army, I think that's very cool. I think him being a bugler, that's not something you see, and it gives him a personality trait that, that carries throughout the film, and he's buzzing on his on his mouthpiece when he's drunk. I found that scene to be very endearing. I think that the way it handles the theme of misogyny is very interesting. These women are, are treated like crap, but still, they, they defend themselves, but they're women in the 1950s, so it's hard for them to really defend themselves. I think the themes of the uh, people in power in the military taking advantage of their situation is very interesting and handled very well throughout the entire thing. I think that th that the dynamic between the people in power is very interesting. I, and I also think that these characters are interesting in and of themselves. I think their relationships between each other and the ways that they play out can be a little bit rocky. I don't think that the relationship between Warden and Karen was, was handled very well, but I think each one of them has an interesting enough backstory. I think they have interesting enough character personality traits that I'm interested in each one of these characters. It unfortunately is hampered by the fact that this movie does have so many cool ideas and doesn't know how to focus on each one of them. And 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 ends up being disbalanced in some situations where you get total inconsistencies, like the fucking scene where uh, Karen and Warden are arguing, and bam, cut to fucking uh, Pruitt on his hands and knees, fucking picking weeds in the in the thing, and that goes into a fight. Like, there's definitely some some ups and downs in terms of the editing, but I think this film is so strong in its in its concepts, in its characters, in in the fact that it is able to have this moment that upends the entire thing. I think that is unique. I think it's very powerful. And I think it is why the reason this movie won not only Best Picture, but eight Academy Awards and was nominated for 15. It did win a lot. That I um, disagree wholeheartedly. That to, to Tanner's disappointment. I, before I've, I've tabulated... Um, oh, shit. What people I, need to, have, I need to put mine in. I've been I've been gathering through ESP what what the rest of the guys think about this, but the I was talking with my mom about it about this film after we saw it, and she brought up the idea that that scene on the beach is supposed to be like one of these romantic scenes. It's supposed Seven to be one seconds of long. <laughs> it's supposed to be one of these like oh like you just swoon oh, at the my. screen and you just like oh. oh. But he's like, "Why wow, you're such a fucking bitch to me all the time?" I don't care like, about. I, I'm going to talk. Husband doesn't love me. <laughs> the, the minus everything else, it's shot really weirdly. I really do not like the cinematography. It's the production design, kind of doesn't work. There's there's some stock footage. Are you talking about in for there. the whole film? 
Um, I'm talking about this scene These in particular, but I think okay. it can be portrayed to the whole film. I think the f filmmaking fundamentals are kind of weak. There's bad issues with sound. I can hear room echo on the beach. I can hear them. Uh, it won best sound mixing. I can hear the room that they're recording it in while I'm watching them on the beach. That's a really big issue for me. And as much, you know, we have a lot of good movies on this list. And I like to be the guy to talk about the fundamentals and talk about just like making a solid movie minus all of the higher art of like storytelling and characters and all that. Like technically, can you go and record good sound? Can you go and get interesting looking shots that further your narrative? And I feel like this film doesn't which almost every single of the other ones on this list do and with that with, with after i get off my soapbox i'm gonna just pull us right into the discussion i actually want to do it a little bit differently well i don't even really know how because we've got three votes for numero 12 and one vote for numero 11 tucker i actually want to hear from you because i thought you were going to place it much higher what's your reasoning for putting it well, above out of africa here's the thing i enjoyed this film a good amount i however don't think it is anything particularly special and doesn't necessarily deserve a higher place because of that i think all the movies above it ha sort of have their place in film history i think there's a reason i hadn't heard of this film beforehand like it, it is kind of just a, a, a romance movie and then pearl harbor i think that it, it won best picture because of that but i think it doesn't have holding potential to today because we're not 12 years removed from pearl harbor this movie came tw out 12 years after Pearl Harbor happened, people still had that in their minds. They still had family members who weren't there. And, and well, I guess you could have a family member who's there, but they're probably fucking in a, in a nursing home now. But um, I, I think that that is why that movie is powerful now, but doesn't hold its weight today. All the other movies we had, we saw, I think have, have a lot more current cultural um, importance and uh, are, are, as you said, the fundamentals of this movie are, are kind of mediocre. And it does make me question why it won things like, um, okay, I'm just going to go through its wins and uh, That's fine. Go through it. Uh, one Best Picture, Supporting Actress, Director, uh, Adapted Screenplay, Supporting Actor, Film Editing and Sound Mixing, and Black and White Cinematography. Uh, it was nominated for um, Best Actor for both Lancaster and Clift. By the way, both of them got nominated for Best Actor. Uh, mm. Nominated for Best Actress for Original Score and Costume Design. Um, uh-huh. So I'm kind of wrapping up my point there, but I don't think this film deserves to be higher. Doesn't mean I don't like it. I like basically all the movies on on this list. So, so even though I've been given this movie glowing praise, I'm fine to concede it the last place because it seems like that's where we're landing. I just want to note I I, I took a look at the um, 1953 other movies, and we're gonna probably say this a lot as we go in the, back into the past. But if Hollywood could get its head out of the West, the white Western world. The movie Tokyo Story came out in 1953. Tokyo Story hmm. is... Yasujiro Ozu. Yasujiro Ozu's movie is so much infinitely better. I, I'm a little bit dumbfounded um, by the fact... Well, not really. It's It makes perfect sense why the Academy <laughs> would do that because, you know, it's oh, the Academy. Yeah. They're still trying Listen, to figure this this whole... The Academy gets it wrong, foreign film thing. it's on brand. Um, Tokyo Story is a great movie. And I am... If I could Watch. go back in time and and convince some people to nominate that movie for Best Picture, I probably would. And so, any last thoughts, Abram? You're, you're hanging out there? Recently, Tucker and I reviewed Ninja Gaiden on Backlog Banter, and what I said about the, the classic game Ninja Gaiden is that it is both a testament to and a rebuttal of the idea that NES and retro games are better than modern titles. 
I feel similarly about this film in terms of its concept, in terms of what it attempts to execute on. But however, where I found the positives of Ninja Gaiden to outweigh its intrinsic at the time elements, I don't think that the fact that this film was made when it was is, is to its benefit. I, I think the negatives about this film for me outweigh the positives. I wanted to see the knife fight actually happen. I wanted to see the romance actually have energy. I wanted to see and feel more that films of this time simply were not able to give me. And because of that, I, I appreciate what it did and how it feels forward thinking in the ways that it, its plot feels nuanced and its themes feel exciting. But at the same time, I just found that everything was just chipping off my armor. I didn't feel anything. Little fucking bees stinging at me. I didn't care. I just, I wish I could have connected to what this film did. But because I couldn't, I messaged Timo. By the way, the only one that knows how to do a private message on Zoom. I messaged him <laughs> I panicked, dead fucking I panicked, last. I didn't know. <laughs> that was my message. I, I'm an idiot. He, he, he did not give me a number as he was supposed to. He said dead fucking last. So, oh, okay. It's, it's like I just said about the classic game Ninja Gaiden. I, I, I think that if you're engaged in what uh, an, an industry or an art form ha has to offer and what it's done, where it's been and where it is now... I think it's important to recognize certain things that I feel, and I see Tanner touching his eye real indignantly, but, but I think that there's certain things <laughs> no, that you can that appreciate. I had, I had an itch on my eye. Sure. I had an itch on my eye, but uh, I, 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 I'm also diametrically opposed to everything that this movie stands for, but continue. That, that's fair, but, but I think <laughs> when, when I think about the, the plot threads and the way that it feels interesting, I like the subversive aspect of, of Pearl Harbor just absolutely smashing into the middle of the arcs i i think that the film does a lot of interesting things but i'm big on feel i'm big on being immersed in a world so why i like films that are kind of vapid in some respects like i'm a big nicholas winding reffin fan and god if god forbid he, he came up with a plot that didn't fit on a post-it note but the fact is there's something to be said for the connection i feel to a film and i felt no connection to this and for me that 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 is a big deal even if i can recognize what i think are interesting uh, decisions from from a production standpoint. I just didn't feel them. I certainly didn't like it, but I certainly don't hate it as much as Tanner does. That's that's <laughs> the, you know, I think if if we had twenty spaces on the list, Tanner would probably put it lower, and I would probably not put it at at last if we had much more movies, or if we had somehow even worse movies. I don't know. Hard to say what could happen in the future. <laughs> but that makes me think that we should find out what is going to happen in the future by oh, shit. spinning oh, our, little, our little wheel, asking the gods of random chance, as I like to call them, asking them to give us a bountiful harvest of a random number. This is quite the, quite the vamp, because I'm getting it all pulled up. But I've got it. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to click that button. Here we, here we go. Whoa, right, boys. Just like from here to eternity. I want a movie Jesus I don't want to watch, because I'm not going to be on next week. So we have we a certain number. It's the number 34. Mm. Monsieur right. Tucker, do you have it pulled up? I do, indeed. Oh, this is going to oh be an interesting one to talk about. All right. We have the movie from... Oh, hold on. Ladderbox is loading. From 1979, directed by Robert Benton. This stars, of course, Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep. This is Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer oh. versus Kramer. I can't wait to I talk think, about this. I think yeah, I can't wait I, to talk about this. I have seen this movie. Something like like the last comedy, like a straight up comedy to win Best Picture. Is that a comedy, or did no. I make that up? Yeah, no, that's okay. not true. <laughs> okay. Are either of the Kramers Jim Kramer? Mm, huh? Well, they're Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep Kramer. <laughs> 
Mm. No, I, I don't think, I don't you, think Tucker, you were excited this to... Movie, you're excited to talk about this movie. I'm excited to watch it. I haven't seen it before, and I uh, have heard things about it. Uh, so you hear a lot of things. I've heard that it's it's all twisted up, and it's a heck of a movie. Um, is this also is this movie also about boxing? Kramer I don't, versus Kramer. Tucker is it? boxing in in, in legal, legally boxing. Well, it's legally boxing. Tanner and I have, have both made jokes about Kramers that the other people don't know. Well, the Jim Kramer yeah, one wasn't, wasn't that good. I'm not. Uh, sure who's Kramer in Seinfeld? Joke. <laughs> Insert Kramer Seinfeld joke. Okay. Well. Bazinga. Bazinga. Thank you, everyone. My my God, this has been a a fiery. This is a hell of an episode. We we have some some scorching hot takes, some disagreements. A lot of times we can we we've been able to talk about a film, and it, because it's a best picture winner, it often ends up being you know well well this is good points, but here's some little nitpicks. But this is the first one that we've had where we've had serious issues um, with it with the with the structure, but not all of us. Tucker Tucker didn't. Um, it's, didn't hate it as the rest of us, but did. It's refreshing Tanner? to to uh, <laughs> hate something as much as I did. A lot of times I'm like, oh, it's good, but it has issues. But no, it's nice to fucking hate something with all your goddamn soul. Ooh, I feel so well, good. Well, I think I think that should transition us into Timo. Where on our little graphic does this movie go? This movie, you know where it goes, but I just want a, a chance for you to show the the little graphic. graphic. I'm gonna have some work because I the graphics only ten slots long and this True. goes on number twelve. Oh so, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be. Ooh, are you ready? Are you, so, it's. Are you ready? Oh, it's gonna be so cool. Here, 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 here it comes. A, it's going and it's going below. Whoa! We're on a new page. Off the graph. Oh, oh shit! It's, it's off it's, the charts. It's nice to see that the only the last number and the only one on the page diametrically you know opposed. Well, it's not the only one on the page. Number eleven out of Africa is there too. Out of Africa had a great run as the film we liked the least. Yeah. (laughs) I was was listening back to our our thing on our our discussion on that, and I think that maybe it's an okay movie now. It's it's been dethroned as not the worst one anymore. That is the truth. And so with that, we've gone on plenty long enough today. This we I did not know what was gonna happen when we stepped into this room to record today, but something did. So I uh, I hope you enjoyed. If you want to catch our stuff, we've got more more of it on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hit the follow button, download our episodes. It helps us out with the old Mr. Algorithm. Mm. Thank you for watching. We'll be back next week for more discussions, this time about Kramer versus Kramer. All right. Catch you then.